This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Well, it's exciting to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Are you ready to hear God's word? Let's pray. Father, into your presence we come, dear sir, to praise and to worship and to adore you. We say this is the day that you have made. And we will rejoice and be glad in you today. Thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus. Thank you, Father, for giving us the precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big within me now, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of clay. And I declare, Father, I'm a servant ready to be used by the Master. Thank you, Father, that I will... The word of God will be carried by the wind of the Spirit, and I'll declare your word fearlessly, boldly, accurately. I thank you, Father, your people be encouraged, they'll be motivated, they'll be empowered, they'll be lifted up today because of the word. And I thank you that your word will not return to you void, because we at Christian Family Church, we're not only hearers of the word, but Father, we doers of the word, and therefore we have good success in life. And everybody said, I'm a doer of the word. And you may be seated. The title of my message this morning, family, is Victory is Our Inheritance. Say that with me. Victory is my inheritance. Isn't that good news? I believe that God is activating the body of Christ to start activating His promises. I believe God is stirring up the body of Christ to take hold of the Word of God, to apply the Word of God, to decree the Word of God, to declare the Word of God in every situation in their lives. I believe that when we do that, when we apply God's Word, when we decree God's Word, when we speak God's Word, we are going to have good success in life. We're going to have victory. We're going to go from victory to victory to victory to victory, from glory to glory to glory to glory when we apply the Word of God in our lives. You and I were born for a purpose, family. That purpose was to rule and to reign in Christ Jesus over circumstances. God made us to succeed in Jesus' name. We were not meant to struggle continually. God does not want us to beg and to plead Him for answers. We are not beggars. We are not beggars. You and I are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And God wants us to declare and to decree His Word and believe that His Word will come to pass. Because God's will for us is to live an overcoming life, a life of contentment, a life of joy and happiness. God wants us to experience His blessings in our our lives. That's His will for us today. If we look at a, a scripture in Job 22, 28, it says in the Amplified, you shall also decide and decree a thing. Everybody say decree. We're going to decide and we're going to decree a thing. And look what the word says. It says, and it shall be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. So family, when we take the word of God, we start decreeing it over our matter. The Bible says we have the favor of God on our lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Who wants to walk in the favor of the Lord? I want to walk in the favor of the Lord. 
Numbers 23, 19 is a very powerful scripture. It says, God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Isn't that amazing? God is not a man that he should lie. Whatever he said in the word of God, it's going to come to pass. God has spoken every solution to every problem that we might face. But he's waiting for you and I, family, to boldly declare and decree his word so he can bring it to pass in our lives. So we're talking about decrees this morning. Let's have a look. What is a decree? What is a decree? What does a decree mean? Well, a decree is an official order that has the force of law behind it. Or we could say a decree is an official order in, issued by legal authority. Or we could say it is a command pronounced or proclaimed. So de a decree is a permanent law that lasts forever. A decree is a permanent law that lasts forever. So let's have a look at the power of a decree. I'm going to share three stories with you today to show you how important it is to decree the Word of God in our lives. The first story is in Daniel chapter 6. It's in about King Darius. We know the story that King Darius wanted to divide his kingdom, remember that, into 120 provinces. So he, wanted, he got princes to rule over the provinces, and then he got administrators, and he asked Daniel, to oversee that the princes did everything that the king ordered them to do to carry out their will. Well, as time went on, it was Daniel who came to the top, who rose to the top and had the king's favor because he did everything with excellence. He was loyal to the king and he did everything the king wanted him to do. Well, soon the other administrators and princes became envious and jealous of him. They were so angry and that they wanted to see how they could destroy Daniel. They were out to destroy Daniel. Now, they couldn't criticize Daniel in his workplace because the Bible says he was faithful, he was loyal, and he was always responsible. Isn't that amazing? I thank God that we have staff that are faithful, loyal, and always responsible. But the only possible thing that they could find was his religion because he prayed to God three times a day. So the scheming administrators and princes went to see the king and they had schemed up this, this thing and they said, long live the king, O King Darius. We've come together, your majesty, and we ask you that you make a law that is strictly enforced. O King Darius, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except you in the next 30 days should be thrown into the lion's den. And let your majesty sign this decree, this law, so it cannot be changed. This should be the law of the Medes and Persians and cannot be revoked. So King Darius, I guess he was puffed up with pride. He thought this is a great idea. And he signed the decree. Daniel heard about the decree, but yet he still went on to worship the Lord. And they, then the administrators saw that Daniel was worshiping the Lord. So they went back to the king and said, oh, king, guess what? We have found a man who's not honoring your, your decree, your law that you signed. He is worshiping Daniel. He's worshiping his God three times a day. And the king said, 
He was sorry. He was angry that he made this rule because it was a law that was signed and he himself could not revoke or reverse this law. And so nevertheless, he knew that he had to throw Daniel into the lion's den and he was upset about it because Daniel was such a great worker and he loved Daniel. The last words that the king said to Daniel is, may your God whom you worship continually rescue you. And we know that the story how the Lord shut the mouths of the lions in the, in the lion's den and Daniel was protected supernaturally. But the point I want to make this morning and the point I want to bring to your attention today is that once the king had signed his decree, it was irrevocable. It was, there was no going back. It was set in stone. It was this way and no other way. Now, my precious family, how much more, how much more, how much more is God's word not permanent? Is God's word not permanent from everlasting to everlasting? God has spoken in his word and it cannot be reversed. It cannot be revoked. It is signed, it's sealed by the blood of the lamb. It can never change from one generation to another generation it is final authority. The word of God is final in authority. It's settled in heaven. It is yea and amen. Then how come we believe more in the king's decree than the word of God? The word of God is God's decree to us today. Heaven and earth, they're going to pass away, but the Bible says that the word of God will never pass away. Isaiah 40 verse 8 it confirms this. It says the grass withers, the flower fades. But look, the word of God stands forever. Everybody say forever. The word of God stands forever, family. So when we align ourselves with the word of God and we start decreeing and declaring the word of God, there's a shifting that takes place in the atmosphere. Our words change the atmosphere around us. Our words of faith break through any oppression. Our words of declaration will change our lives. Family, when we speak God's word, something happens that becomes supernatural in our lives. So declarations of faith unlock destinies. Declarations of God's word will unlock our destiny. So if we need to change our lives in any way and we want our lives to get better, then we need to start implementing God's word by decreeing and declaring it. James 3.3 3 says in the message um, book, it's not really a Bible, it's, a, it's just a tr someone's translation, it's kind of watered down, but some parts are really interesting. It says a bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain, sets a course in the faces of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. So we see here that ships are directed to their destinies by a small thing called the rudder. Our lives will be determined by what we say. Our lives are determined by what we say. In fact, it's our words will give direction to our lives. The second story I'm going to share with you today is found in the story of David and Goliath. 
We see that David's declarations of faith gave him victory that changed the rest of his life. And that's going to happen to us also, family. Our lives will change when we get in our mouths in line with God's word. Our lives will change when we get our mouths in line with God's word. We'll go from victory to victory, from glory to glory. We'll live in blessings and contentment and joy forevermore. Yes, amen. 1 Samuel, it tells us that David's father's name was Jesse, told David, David, I want you to take down some food down to your brothers. They joined the army of the Israelites because they're coming against the Philistines. We see that in the meantime, for 40 days and 40 nights, that Philistine giant, he strutted in front of the Israelite army. He hurled insults at them, intimidating them with his threats. The Bible tells us he was between 9 foot and 11 foot tall. I'm 5 foot 5, so he's almost double my height. And with all his armor on, they said he was 700 pounds. And I'm about 135 pounds. So imagine times me by seven. It's huge. He was tall. He was huge. He was intimidating. He was throwing insults at the Israeli army. And you know what? They were paralyzed. The Bible said they were paralyzed by fear. How many of you today are paralyzed by fear because of circumstances that look like insurmountable giants in your way? But I love David. I'm sure I was in his lineage when we get to heaven. I'm sure I'll be part of David's clan. Because he said, who is this pagan giant anyway that he's allowed to defy the armies of the living God? But look here, family. We see David became a volunteer. Everybody say volunteer. He joined the dream team, and he said, I'm going to volunteer. I don't, be, don't even belong to the army, but I'm going to volunteer, and I'm going to be the dream team giant slayer. So look what happens when you become a volunteer in church. God is going to raise you up to be a giant slayer when you are a volunteer, and we love our volunteers. You know, Saul said, oh, don't be ridiculous, David. You're just a boy. And Saul knew that in the natural, David was young. David was unskilled in the natural. However, David had heaven, heaven's perspective. This was not his first rodeo. He's already killed a lion. He's already killed a bear. So eventually Saul relented. So David, you know, he picked up his five stones and off he went to face Goliath. And he was going to fight Goliath. Then Goliath, this tall, big, massive Guy, he said, am I a dog that you come to me with your shepherd's staff? And then he started hurling insults and he started saying, if you come over to me, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to throw your flesh to the birds of the, the air and the beasts of the field. But listen to David, little David, praise God, it's not the size, right? It's what we say out of our mouths. David said he had a declaration of war. Family, we need to start rising up and speaking declarations of war in, in front of our giants, our mountains that we are facing. 
Don't be intimidated by fear, but rather say, no, Mr. Giant, no, Mr. Devil, I'm going to give you declarations of war, and I am going to overcome in Jesus' name. So we see in 1 Samuel 17, 45, it says, David shouted. I love David. He shouted in reply to me. He said, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. But look, family says, I come to you in the name of the Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defiled. And today I will, the Lord will conquer you and I will cut off your head and I will kill you and I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Glory to God. And everyone will know that the Lord does not need weapons to rescue his people because it's the, it is his battle and the Lord will give you to us. Wow, wow, wow. What confidence he had in God. What confidence we should have in the word of God. We know the outcome. David killed the giant and cut off his head. But David killed the giant with a declaration of faith. He won because of his words were filled with faith. Praise God. God will give our enemies into our hands, family. If God was with David, God is with you today. No matter what you're facing, no matter how difficult your situation is, when you speak God's word, it is a Lord's battle. The Lord will confirm his word that he's spoken over your life and it will come to pass in Jesus' name. There's no limit to what God will do to give you victory over your enemy, anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Glory to God. God is going to give us victory, family. It's victory time. It's our season of victory. It's our season of declaration. It's our season of winning. It's our season of over overcoming in Jesus' name. It is our season of victory. God is committed to your success. You can always win, my precious family, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. There is no giant. There is no enemy. There is no circumstance. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no devil in hell that can overcome you. If you declare God's word in the face of your adversities, hallelujah. When we speak God's word, listen, family, all of heaven will back us up. God will back us up, and we will no longer lose in Jesus' name. Who wants to be a winner in life? Let me see your hands. If you want to win in this life, I want to win in this life, and we don't have to lose because we've got God on our side. So victory belongs to us. It's our inheritance, and when we speak God's word, we will have victory. So the third portion of Scripture I want to share with you today because the Bible says, out of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. And this is my third witness. So Ezekiel the prophet. When Ezekiel was a prophet, he was a prophet during the time of exile. This is a story of when God's people who were slaves in Egypt, and God brought them out of Egypt miraculously, and he gave them the promised land. He said, here's Canaan, I'm giving you this land, land of milk and honey, and you'll be blessed. He said, your families will be blessed, your homes will be blessed, your bodies will be blessed, your, your, the land will be blessed, the fruit trees will be blessed, the vines will be blessed, you will be blessed in every area of your life if you worship me and obey me. 
But he said, if you don't obey me, and if you worship foreign gods and idols, then tragedy will come your way, and the Babylonians will come and sweep you out of the land that I've given to you. And of course, you know, they worshiped the Lord. They loved the Lord for a bit. But after the while, the world got into them and they started worshiping idols. And so the Babylonians came and there was a great battle and the, the God's people were exiled out of their home. And now they were left without hope. They were left without dreams. They were left without a future. And in the middle of this, even though it was their own fault, look at the love of God. Look at the mercy of God. Look at God. He's such a caring God. He loves us unconditionally. And even when we make a mistake and we mess up, God has got plan B to get us out of our mistake. He's got plan C to rise us up out of our gutter again. Thank God we serve a merciful God. So it says here in Ezekiel 37, verse 1, it says, So in the middle of all this, when they were exiled, God gives Ezekiel the vision of the valley of dry bones. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And he led me around among the old bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Verse 4 says, then he said to me, speak, speak to the bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. So Ezekiel had to open his mouth. He couldn't keep quiet. He had to open his mouth and say something. And he couldn't say his opinions. He couldn't say his religion. He had to say what God said because nothing else carries the weight of God's word except God's word. And so he spoke what God told him to speak. And he said, you, God said, you tell the dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord, not the opinions of man, to the word of the Lord. And see, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to breathe into you and I'll make you live again. And I will put flesh and muscles on you and I'll cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, into you and you will come to life and you will know that I am the Lord. So verse 7 says, so I spoke the words just as he told me. You see, when we speak God's word, we can't speak our opinions, our thoughts, or what we think is correct. We have to speak God's word. But family, when we speak God's word, something incredible happens in the spirit realm. There is a suddenly, glory to God, how many of us are trusting for suddenlies in our lives? A suddenly blessing, a suddenly miracle, a suddenly job, a suddenly health, a suddenly financial deliverance in Jesus' name because we speak the word of God. And so he said, suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body, they came together, attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I watched muscles and flesh formed over the bones and the skin formed to cover their bodies, but still they had no breath in them. 
Then he said to me, can we go again, family? Here he's saying, God is saying, decree, declare the word of God. He says, speak to the winds. Say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me. In other words, Ezekiel spoke what God told him to speak, which was the word. And the wind entered the bodies and they began to breathe. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army of them. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become like old dry bones. We have got no hope. Your future is gone. Our dreams have died there. We have no hope. But look at God. He's so merciful and kind. He says, now give them this message and tell them, I will open your graves of exile, and I'm going to cause you to rise again. And right there, I could preach a whole message just on that sentence, that God is going to cause you to rise again. I'm not sure what you're facing today, but even if you feel that you're overcome by circumstances and situations, I've come from a word of God for you today, that God is going to cause you to rise again. He's going to take you from the uttermost and put you to the to the from the guttermost to the uttermost. You're going to be above and beyond. God wants you to make the head and not the tail. He wants you to rule. He wants you to reign. He wants you to enjoy the blessings of God. He wants to raise you up again. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're so awesome. And then in verse 14, it says, I'm going to put my spirit in you and you will live again and you will return to your own homeland. The end of the verse says, I have done everything as I have promised. You see, God will do everything as he has promised in the word. Oh, precious family, please get this today. When you're facing a situation, open up your mouth, speak the word of God, and God will confirm his word with signs, wonders, and, and supernatural following his word. It's the signs, it's the wonders, it's the supernatural follow the word of God. It's the signs, wonders, and supernatural do not follow opinions of man. So I'm, you might be saying, Pastor Bib, I'm in a place in my life where I feel defeated. I feel I've got no future, no life. I feel like my, my dreams have gone. My joy has been stolen. You feel like there's no human solution to your problem. But I'm coming with news today that God says, open your mouth. Start declaring and decreeing to your giants and your mountains of life. And they will go in Jesus' name. The mountains will move in Jesus' name. The giants will be slain in Jesus' name. You will rise again. You will have victory. You will have honor. You will be risen again. And God's favor will come on your life. Glory to God. God's word, family, is so potent, it's so powerful. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. God's word will never change. But the transformation takes place in our lives. We've got to hear God's word and speak God's word. 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 
The chance for our victory may look impossible, but I've come with good news for you today that God is not through with you yet. Your miracle is on the way. Your breakthrough is about to happen. You're, if you're going to win today, if you're going to be fruitful, if you're going to be healed, if we're going to walk by faith and not by sight, if our children are going to sell in life, if we're going to have a better job, we are going to, if we're going to go to the next level in God, we have to start rising up to and declaring the word of God. Hallelujah. And we will have victory. We will have victory. As Dr. Theo says, the power of positive confession is not the only thing we need in order to overcome the world, but without it is impossible to overcome. So when we speak the word of God, the same thing that happened to Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones will happen to us. There will be a suddenly in our lives. There's going to be a shift. There's going to be coming together. There's going to, something's going to be made whole. In fact, out of chaos, there's coming order. But family, our situation awaits our direction. If we fail to give orders to our situations and circumstances, our situations and circumstances will remain the same. But when we start speaking God's word, something supernatural begins to happen. And suddenly that our marriages are restored. Suddenly our homes come together. Suddenly our families are blessed. Suddenly, suddenly the businesses start to prosper. Suddenly our dreams come alive again. Suddenly our children start serving the Lord again. Victory is yours today, family. Favor is yours today. Miracles are yours today. Healings are yours today. Deliverance is yours today. You will rise again in the name of Jesus. Victory is yours today in Jesus' name. I want to quickly tell you two stories. Thomas Edison, you haven't heard this story before, so don't switch off. Thomas Edison was a great inventor of the 19th and 20th century. He held over a thousand patents during the uh, He invented the light bulb, the motion pictures, pictures, the phonograph. One day he came home from school and he said, Mommy, my teachers have given me a letter that I've got to gift to you. I'm not allowed to open it, but I want you to open it, Mommy, and you've got to read it to me. So his mother opened the letter and with tears streaming down her, her cheeks and her face, she read this to him. She said, your son is a genius. This school is too small for him. He does not have enough teachers to train him. Please keep him at home and teach him yourself. Well, years later, when his mother died, and now he was one of the most famous inventors of the century, he discovered that little folded letter in the top of one of his drawers, and he, he opened it, and he said, I never read that letter. And so he opened it, and, and he read the letter, and this is what it read. It said, your son is mentally ill, and we won't let him return to school. Edison cried for hours when he, wrote the, when he read the note. And he wrote in his diary, Thomas Edison was a mentally ill child that by a hero mother became the genius of the century. You see, all Edison's teachers could see was dry bones, no future, no hope. But what transformed the dry bones into a genius were the words of his mother that, he, that she declared over, them, over him. And they became prophecies that were fulfilled. I want to read an article to you that I read by a prophet in America. His name is Charlie Shamp. As we close, it's, 
Psalm 139 verse 16 says, You saw me before I was born. The days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever came to being. He said one day, while he was worshiping the Lord and waiting on the Lord, he fell into a trance. And he said, I was brought to a large room in heaven that was filled with books. I looked at the very old books. The room was filled with books and no one was there. He said, the smell of reminded me of a library. The fragrance of old books filled the air. A large wooden table was centered in the room with leather chairs scattered all around it. He said, where am I, Lord? And a voice spoke and said, this is the room of future's past. A place where all the events of the future have already taken place. I looked among the books lined along the walls. The books looked very old, yet the dates of the future were written upon them. I could see years so far into the future that I wondered to myself if I would even be alive to see those years. The voice spoke again. Have a seat and see what is to come. As I sat there, I scrolled through dozens of books of years to come. It was amazing to see things that have yet to come. Beautiful things, glorious things. Yet, I could see the heartbreaking things as well. Tragic events. My eyes were filled with tears. I could feel the sadness of these moments that were yet to come. Again, the voice spoke to me. I've brought you here to see these things, listen family, because they can be changed. I brought you here to show you what can be done. Suddenly, I saw a small sword appear on the table with a pen. The voice spoke and said, my word can change anything. I saw the sword lift from the table and go to a book. A news article from a future tragic event was laid upon the table. As I watched, the sword went and cut out the event. The voice spoke again and said, Now speak my word and it will change. I started to quote the word of God and the pen came off the table. The pen began to move and the story was rewritten before my eyes. The voice spoke again and said, I've called my church to rewrite their future. Things that are set to come can be changed when they speak the word of God. And he said, tell my people that I've called them to this room to change what is to come. If my people will humble themselves, call by my name, if they will pray and seek my face, they turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their future. He said, tell my sons and daughters not to lose hope, but the, that the door of the future is open to them. I'm calling them to this place to speak my word and see their world changed by the power of my word. So family, we are going to change our future today. I want you to stand and we're going to declare over our future. We're going to claim our victory. We're going to rewrite our, our future in the name of Jesus. I want you to say it boldly with authority, with enthusiasm. Say this, I decree and declare my future is bright. The Lord orders my steps. I shall run and not be weary. I shall walk and I will not faint. I will fulfill the plans that God has for me. I take authority over the enemy, the devil, 
and I reverse any curse over my children, over my house, over my job, over my health. In Jesus' name, I decree, I declare prosperity, health, joy, unity, laughter over my house. My house is blessed. My family is blessed. My finances are blessed. I will live a long, healthy life. And any plans that the evil one has over my life for the future dies now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, give God glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. We're changing our future. We're changing our future. We're changing our future. We're changing our future. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.